0: get after it today. Outkick 360 is back and we are live across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Sarah Triplett is here, production assistant and extraordinaire. David Reed and Jacob Swanson are making the show happen with Lance Lee having a well-deserved, not day, but week off. Week. We thought Lance Lee had been sent on assignment somewhere. Where is he? In Monte Carlo? Turns out, yeah, he's on like, he's in Milan or something. You know, he's on a shoot uh, across the world.
1: Milan with Serena Williams again. Is he in Europe yeah. with her? He's like a, he's doing the real <laughs> show, real show. We got to tell tour. that story at some point whenever he allows it. It, it may be a while uh, off, but he's going to have to tell that story.
2: Yeah, it's going to be at a private event where we're face to face with no camera.
1: Yeah. What's up, gents? Good morning. I'm excited about today. Big night in Nashville. A a lot to get to. Big night in Nashville, big Tennessee Power Hour upcoming with a good Julio Jones debate out there based on some Diana Rossini news. Chat's wrong on this one. Preds fans just losing their mind over Dave Portnoy getting invited to a Preds game. Plenty of uh, big topics to get into in the first hour. It's going to be an exciting day. We had a nice project before the show that we're going to unveil later. We'll we'll let you know about it. You could say it now.
0: Yeah, so on Monday, we will unveil the top three names. Don't turn that Don't
2: around. Turn that around. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> like, hey, the top
0: three names. Handle that, car- Handle <laughs> that the, carefully, Chad. For the enemy's list of OutKick360 that, that Chad holds uh, in front of that beautiful face of his, we have this That's a good look for you. You should do the show, show with Monday. just your eyes. On Monday. Um, I guess I should go ahead and turn the set on back here. I apologize to Reed. Uh, and to uh, Jacob if I can do this live on the air Maybe I can't because I can't reach the button Be, be warned Jacob. I don't
1: even be know warned. if this even makes a difference Turn when the it light on. Is on or not. Turn it on already I think our studio is so wonderfully lit yeah. I've been that asked to use matter. the megaphone more So I'm
2: going to shout at you
0: Turn it on I think you absolutely should bring it more uh, Reed, Jacob, how you doing this morning? Hope things are well Good to have you back, Reed
2: Reid gives us a thumbs up. Oh, they don't
0: even want to switch it to them.
3: Very, yeah, no. I'm very shy. Oh, yeah. One, only... <laughs> One day out. <laughs> Kirby! <laughs> he's doing a Kirby. Let's get Levi back that, in here. <laughs> yeah, let, let's, everything that Lance ever told me, I completely forgot overnight. Doing
0: well. Um, last night, we saw popcorn doused on uh, Westbrook as he goes into the tunnel, which was terrible, but I don't know how much more the NBA can do where oh, they're already covering up these players as they go into the the yeah. locker room and there's this little crease where fans can dump things um in between i guess they can get a, get rid of that crease
2: i'd rather it be popcorn than liquid yeah oh sure yeah for that. sure
0: right. yeah um we have an umpire confiscating a, a cap last night in major league baseball we're going to get into dechambeau and Kepka go back and forth as we get the hype going for the match with Phil Mickelson and uh, Brady getting involved in that too, um, a lot to discuss today. Well, let's can we start with the NBA yeah. thing with with, with Westbrook? We, lo- we lost our parlay last night. Yeah, the Knicks helped, but the Braves did not.
1: That no, the, the, I was least confident in the Braves yeah. uh, stealing both from Boston, and they did not do their end of it. But I, I don't know what the it's it's fun to watch the video. I mean, it's not fun for Westbrook, but it's a cool video to see. I don't know what the huge story is. Uh, in all of this. I know the NBA has released a statement in the last 30 minutes or so about they're strengthening their fan policy now that fans are back in the building. Um, it's an idiot. I yeah. mean, it's an idiot in Philly that dumped something on them. I, I, this is not uh, some huge event with all of this.
0: I, I agree. And uh, I, I like that the players are like, you can't let this happen. But they're already covering up the, the entryway to the tunnel. Like it's not like it's wide open where fans can throw stuff. F- people have been doing this for years, which is why you have it covered to begin with, with logos and corporate sponsorships.
3: I, I, I can tell you why this is a huge story, because I want to get some of that popcorn, because <laughs> it magically healed him. That limp went away. I noticed he was that. running, oh, trying to fight to get away. So, yeah, I, I question uh, was that a little bit for show for him? Because as soon as that popcorn hit him, he acted like there was no injury whatsoever.
1: Well, I like most people. I was not watching the game, but I saw the clip right when it happened on, that was tweeted out, and the the clip I saw said Russell Westbrook leaving the court to be attended because of an injury, mm-hmm. and then this happens. Boy, yeah, that's, an an ankle that's rough. Or something. And I'm thinking, I see that video, and I had the same thought Reed did. Well, he looked healthy with that sprint trying to get to the the fan who did that. I mean, it was a quick movement going straight after the fan when he got the popcorn dumped on him. And by the way, better popcorn than beer.
2: Yeah, that's Or what any, say, any type of liquid. liquid. Yeah, people uh, mock the soccer players for getting that spray on them. I mean, I think on NBA benches, you should now have popcorn. that You could just <laughs> dump on a, the on movie a guy. theater popcorn <laughs> the butter yeah, the that right? you yeah. can yeah.
1: magically put on there. You get Mr. Miyagi style and get your hands all in the butter and then spread it on the the injured area and it magically heals.
2: I did watch a little bit more NBA last night, Knicks centric. I thought that. Um, Atlanta really did a good job falling apart for the Knicks late. Knicks defended well, but the Hawks really went cold. Knicks scored and pulled away. They were in trouble uh, for three quarters of that game, bad trouble. Halftime, they were in really bad trouble. So it was good that they pulled out that game. But I got to tell you guys, and I know it's been five years since they changed the uniforms from the home team wears light. It's been more than five years since I've been watching the NBA with anything more than the last three minutes of a game that we're talking about in the playoffs. Um, or the Knicks being good. Yeah, and a lot more time than the Knicks being good. But it's very disconcerting to turn it on, to see the white uniform at the Garden that has an orangish Hawks are more red, but an orangish. Yeah. Thing and not keep thinking that's the Knicks, particularly when the Knicks uniform is not an identifiable Knicks uniform. It's a black uniform with this third thing. It doesn't have a Knicks or a New York. It has this ridiculous circular logo that you can't read unless they're in a one-shot. Oh, my God, the city that never sleeps, New York Knicks. It's a terrible, terrible uniform. There are a I lot of them right now. slipping back to not knowing which team was which. That's a, uh, Chad, you were talking about your old man stance yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I grew up for, for 30 years, you know, for, for 18 of 30 years watching the Knicks wear white jerseys that said New York on the front at the Garden. And so, watching it last night, flipped and not having a jersey that said discernibly New York or anything, I kept having to remind myself who was who. Knicks got it done. That was a good piece <clears throat> of our parlay again. We won one, but we didn't. Win I did the make a
1: separate bet on the Knicks because no. I was most confident in that of uh, uh, that piece of the parlay. And they got it done, but make no mistake about it. You're talking about the, the, the uniforms. uniforms. Some, some of these
2: stuff they wear is awful.
1: Some of the NBA uniforms are violating the Geneva Convention. <laughs> uh, they're, I mean, beyond awful. Whatever Utah is doing, trying to look like the Miami Heat or the old Atlanta Hawks with the color scheme is horrendous. Well, theirs is Denver. A, a the full same transforma- way. like they've gone. They've full gone the court. court and everything yeah. is a different color. It's, it's at least odd. they're consistent with that and not. Back and forth. And there but are, I'm with you. There are exceptions that can't we can to. I can see some at. of
2: this selling. Like, this oh, Knicks thing is so bad, and the Knicks are such a traditional I organization. I, I mean, I can't see kids looking well, at this. Well, here's what like the, that's the NBA what I needs want.
1: to do they need a strict uniform policy, a better one like the NFL, and they need to limit it to three uniforms. You need a home away at an all Knicks only have No three. sport needs more than that.
2: They have four, I think, and I think from that, what I was reading last but night. But
1: I want to know who I'm seeing on the court. I, I brought this up and tweeted it and mentioned to you guys. The 76ers, one of the uniforms they wear, it is awful, whatever they put on. It's, it's terrible. And there are exceptions to the rule. And I'm going to sound like an old man, like my skateboarder stance yesterday with this. But there are very few new uniforms that are better than the original uniforms. I'll go to the Utah Jazz. The old purple Jazz uniforms, or even the slightly blue, and they wear that at times, the old color scheme. It's better than the one they had in the 90s with the mountains on it that they wore against the Bulls in those finals. Much better than whatever they're doing now. And I could say that about a lot of uniforms out there. There are differences. you know. There are some that have changed for the better over the years. There were a lot of very unfortunate moves in the 90s, to some bad uniform schemes, the Detroit Pistons come to mind with Grant Hill when they went turquoise. Those were those were very 90s and very very bad. Yeah. Yes. And the Pistons are much better now, going back to the blue red red white and blue yeah. Pistons. But there are some atrocious NBA. It's uniforms funny those out there.
2: eras. Like a lot of the 80s stuff was very 80s, but it works great as a throwback. A lot of the 90s stuff you never want to see again. No. Um, but I don't understand moving away from light at home. Like That, to me, is an American sports thing. Basketball is light at yeah. home. Except for football. Yeah, football basketball is the exception. for sure. Yeah. And baseball.
1: Basketball, baseball.
2: Light at home. Um, and I don't know why Nike has the sway. I mean, I understand why Nike has the sway at everything. But it seems to me your league is bigger than your brander. And mm-hmm. you can work within the parameters of that. Yeah, you do whatever you want with the uniforms, but teams are going to wear light at home
0: you know even in the, but going back to the 90s we and to further your point Chad we saw multiple uniforms in the 90s in the NBA yeah. you know i think of all the different uh, solid colors that the, the Chicago Bulls would wear with Jordan because you had the black, red, oh, and yeah. and white. And
1: they had the, the pinstripe on the black. And, it was like yeah. a light pinstripe.
0: But at least you had some consistency to it, <clears throat> and you were wearing the white unis at home. right? You, you, turned, you, you tuned in and you knew.
1: Let me give you an example of how taste can change over time. And you look back and think, boy, that was good or bad at the time, and then your taste evolves. The Denver Nuggets, I think their current uniform is terrible. And what they're trying to do. I thought in the 90s that their 80s cartoon-like uniform with the mountains and the cityscape of of Denver with like the rainbow that went across was silly looking. And then when they went in the 90s, remember they went to a very uh, just almost plain navy blue, red, and gold that said nuggets on it. I remember the Dikembe Mutombo where he's got the ball over his head where they beat the Sonics. That was the first ever 8-over-1 in the first round. They're wearing that navy blue. I love those. The Mah- Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, the yes. Dikembe Mutombo Nuggets of the 90s had great navy blue and gold uniforms. But now they've gone back at times to the old Nuggets from the 80s, and I like it. I like that throwback now that it's 2021. I say, that, boy, that's pretty cool looking today. But if I had to say which was my favorite, it was that 90s. Nuggets look. So I understand that tastes evolve and and things change, but that classic look for some of these teams, especially the Knicks, I don't know why you'd mess with the Knicks uniforms too much. Some of those teams, you can't beat it. The Celtics, thankfully, don't mess too much with it, especially when they get in the playoffs, that they're wearing white and green for the most part. They have different uniforms like everyone else. But some of these teams really need to take a look in the mirror.
2: Just a final. You know, word I'm saying about literally the take a look in the yeah. mirror and make a change. I, I don't know if you guys feel this way. You're a lot younger. The '80s for me were big. I, you know, I graduated high school in class of '87, uh, so it was a real formative time for me. But I feel like the '80s have staying power in terms of like. Some of the looks, the muse, 80s music, you know, now in the movies and stuff, still has staying. 80s as a decade got it done in a lot of ways. That other decades are more, I think, like uh, flashpoints, but not something that you go back to the same way you go back to the 80s. M- movies, music uniforms, stuff like that. This would be a good topic for us to get into in the, in the come, upcoming months once uh, once hockey slows down and, and things. We could pit some things against each other um, in these decades about staying power.
0: A lot to hit today. We will uh, discuss Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Uh, who traded some Twitter barbs uh, yesterday. And we are all here for that rivalry, let's be honest, uh, for the PGA Tour.
2: And I'm hot about this baseball story, which is a scandal that hasn't exploded yet. And there's a reason why. But that reason, somebody needs to break it And
0: We'll do that. We'll we'll discuss that uh, in depth. Plus, a Pro Football Hall of Famer announces his retirement. We'll get PK to chime in on the career of Adam Venateri, a career that started when Paul's did. We'll, we'll explain that straight ahead. But first, guys, Manscaped.com. Manscaped is perfect for Father's Day, the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming, and their brand new shaving tools just dropped right in time for Father's Day. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available in the US and Canada. And what makes this waterproof trimmer Different from all other trimmers, 7,000 RPM trimmer. It features skin-safe technology to keep your balls in check, and it's
1: helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. Yeah, and you don't want manscaping accidents. Trust me, that's something that no one wants to see. They've got the LED light on this new lawnmower, 4.0. They've got guard sizes, 1 through 4. We talked about 4,000K isn't even possible. It's possible, and manscaped. The engineers at Manscaped, the scientists at Manscaped, they've made it happen. Also possible 20% off and free shipping, Paul.
2: Listen, free shipping mandatory on everything we buy for how much we order these days. 20% off and free shipping with the code OK360 at Manscaped.com. You guys did not compliment my haircut this week. I moved from my regular trimmer to the Manscaped trimmer on my hair this week. Monday morning, this beauty done with the manscaper
0: you should do one side 3.0 one side 4.0 since we have both now
2: and then we can come in and rate each
0: side <laughs> of your <laughs> well, I'll head
2: i'll need a 4.0 i'm using the the
0: old i think they're stacked up in there where they they brought us in. and then you can grab that for father's day bring you think me your, a 4.0 you think please. your dad has it covered he does it manscaped.com use the code ok360 20 percent off plus free shipping perfect for father's day manscaped.com hit the offer Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kowarski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, and we hope you'll subscribe on YouTube. The all-new Outkick 360 exclusive channel on YouTube is where we are streaming daily. Hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, so that every time we go live or we post new content, you'll get that alert on your YouTube account. And you can also follow us on Twitter at outkick three sixty. Instagram, where we go live daily prior to the show for the warm up and much more. Paul, what? It's a bit
1: of Pavlov's dog because every time you say ring that bell, if Paul doesn't ring the bell behind you, I get upset. Which
2: sometimes I don't. And disappointed. Just to do that.
1: And some now I, now I tell you, Paul, ring it's the like bell. Bang, bang. Once, once Hutton says, ring the bell on the YouTube page, I turn towards Paul automatically I ring and a, anticipate the bell.
2: I ring it you know, three out of five times. It's making everyday thing. That's 3. true. Just like our
1: sign-off, it, let's make it an everyday thing. Uh,
2: sometimes, sometimes not. Listen, this baseball story yeah. is bugging me. <laughs> Giovanni Gallegos, uh, Joe West, the umpire, he's a... Uh, crush that pronunciation. Uh, I, I'm doing well with pronunciations. You really nope. and you're, we you're, you're,
1: not, you're not ducking difficult pronunciations either, which I love.
2: And every, every story I touch has, has one has in a it. a tough yeah. one. <laughs> so he's a Cardinals pitcher. He, uh, there was a complaint made, and he was asked to change his hat by Joe West, the umpire, in the bottom of the seventh for the Cardinals. Mike Schilt, the, uh, another tough name to navigate. <laughs> <laughs> tough name to um, not say something like get us in trouble. Went a little, a went a little crazy. Um, over this um, and the hat was taken. Now, The Athletic has reported this. We had a conversation about a week ago about the spin rates and how good pitching has gotten. And Right after that, The Athletic came out with a story that's gotten far too little attention about the fact that what's going on is pitchers are using sticky stuff to get a grip on the ball that's allowing them that the spin rate stuff over the last 4 years has gone off the charts and this isn't pitchers getting this much better in this short of time it's pitchers manipulating the baseball with sticky stuff that's giving them grips that are unreasonable and it's comparable to the steroid thing it's not a chemical thing but it's a illegal use of illegal substances if you watch pitchers with their hats and their gloves there's a, a reason they, they banned pine tar stuff. all right now uh, if you read the athletics stuff, a uh, combination of sunscreen screen and rosin does a little bit and that's going to be very hard to ban because rosin is legal and everybody's wearing sunscreen. but beyond rosin and sunscreen they're using stuff that really gives them an advantage all right so the claim yesterday was that Gallegos was using uh, I just had rosin and sunscreen or had sunscreen on his hat. So this this manager is freaking out that they're taking his hat. Major League Baseball is apparently gathering evidence on all of these pictures to get. Uh, stuff Now, they say it might take until next year. I don't understand this. Like, if a guy starts a half a dozen games and you're collecting baseballs that have big stains on them, right. that's enough of an accounting for me to build a case against a guy, to suspend him, and to universally change what's wrong with baseball, to get people down to reasonable spin rates because they're not using some sticky substance that they're putting on their hats or gloves that's beyond rosin. They sent one of these
0: baseballs spin. in. Trevor Bauer had this happen to him earlier. Right. They're sending yep.
2: baseballs in on everybody, pretty much. They're building cases against everybody, but, but they, they're doing it very slowly. my
0: knowledge, though, based on the way I remember that vlog through about – the, the opposing team has to request that baseball sent.
2: Okay, but I think everybody's basically asking. So listen to this Maybe quote. Maybe it's changed in the recent This recently. is what Schilt said. He said, this is baseball's dirty little secret, and this is the wrong time and the wrong arena to expose it. He said about this hat. Yeah. You want to police some sunscreen and rosin? Go ahead. Get every single person in the league. Why don't you start with the guys that are cheating with some stuff that's really impacting the game? And so a lot of people are hinting at this, but here's what's going on. Everybody allegedly is doing it. And so what manager is going to call, hey, your pitcher is using stuff, umpire, check and bust him. And then you're gonna go get my starter tomorrow and he's doing it too. So everybody's doing it and allegedly, And so nobody's going to call for it to be policed because it's gonna come back and bite them. And so there's a huge circle going on. So who needs to manage it? Major League Baseball needs to manage it because they don't have a stake in it. And they're doing this slow data collection instead of saying, hey, two months worth is what? Uh, You know, how many starts? Uh, 10 starts, 11 starts for every pitcher, and that's enough. And we can act on this instead of saying, this might take us until next year. Let, let's go with this process. Nobody's going to call. Well, it could call. be even
1: more impactful to like Gallegos, uh, a relief pitcher coming in, if you have two months for your key set up men or closers. If it's but a two month long? suspension, how long do you need? That's a long time. Well, here's here would be my whole broader season? question about this whole thing, and we had the same question about the steroid era. Does Major League Baseball really care? Well, they Because I down. see this story and I think, do they really care? Or are they feigning care?
2: Well, they like about home runs this. more than they like these strikeouts. We and all agree it's bad baseball.
1: That's why they were. And they, they turned a blind eye to steroids for a while because so the same reason Hutton was eye tuning eye in for Brady Anderson, because baseball was fun with, with more offense and more I home runs. I preferred the steroid era. Tampa yeah, so, Bay's
2: striking out 30 percent of the time against left-handers. That's not an entertaining product. They've well, got how, to fix. Okay. That. okay, here's here's my uh, just an
1: obvious question. How difficult is it to go check every player when they come into the game? Just one time. I agree. Basketball refs check the ball before the game's played. They check baseballs. It wouldn't be hard when a pitcher comes in check for the, dog, the umpire check the to go out, hand him the hat, take a look at it, take a look hand at their the hand, dog. take a look at their jersey, and go call the game. If you were really serious about it, it takes 10 seconds, maybe 30, to look over a pitcher and look at their hat when they come into the game and see what's going on. Now do you do it every inning? Because once they go to the dugout, if it's a starter, they could then apply things to their hat for the rest of the game. So June
2: 1st, we're doing it when you enter the game and randomly after that.
1: Yeah, like a drug test. Like a random drug. It may be the fourth inning, but the umpire may want to go back out there and say, hey, let me see your hat again. Okay, let's play. No problem.
2: And he could do it based on the baseballs that he sees coming in.
1: Give him more discretion. I just don't think that, if, but again, this goes back to my this initial question. On. If Major League yes. Baseball truly cared, then they could easily do that. They should and care. Start, and start They're doing slow. it during the games. You
2: know what they need? They need Theo Epstein, who's now in the commissioner's office, a man of action who cares about the game and, and is concerned about this downturn and stuff. They need him in charge, a guy who's going to do stuff. Instead of what they have now and what they've had for too long since, Bart Giamatti which are guys that are just so without personality and care and not men of action. All these betas. Uh, you need an alpha to be commissioner of a league like that. Well, the. Manfred. So. Let, Manfred. Let's, let's who discuss destroy, what they're doing. Who doesn't do anything to the Astros?
0: Is it. it there you go. So they're, they're doing this after things are exposed. They're not actively looking for the cheating. Yeah, they're they not want.
2: proactive. They're reactive. Right.
0: right. And every time I see a pitcher you know, messing with his cap after every single pitch, it's almost like the Velcro guy. The pitchers, you know, correct their hat. And you can go on YouTube and see this where guys will use their thumb or their index finger and yeah. they'll swipe their Look brow. More at the but they're also too. typing, not typing, they're swiping the, bill of the inside brim of their cap. Yep. And they're getting a substance on their hand.
2: Look at what they do with their gloves, too, more. Because they say that's where it's happening. I'm starting to look for that. What
0: more. it is, correct me if I'm the wrong, it's that bullfrog sunscreen that they use, isn't it? it yeah. because it's
2: But they, the, what I've read says you have to let the sunscreen and the rosin go. That, that helps, like, a little bit, but that's going to be hard to police. They're using stuff that's beyond that. And that's what's got to be like, released uh, and it's easier to find. Like a Vaseline-type substance? like No, a, sticky, for more spin. A, a super sticky stuff. I can't remember what they called it. There's so like pine tar, but clear. Yeah.
1: Jacob, find an image of Ed Harris from uh, Major League. We're going to put Jacob to work and see if he can flash that on the screen. Because whenever we're talking about all this, I automatically think of old Eddie Harris from Major League going through the list of different foreign substances he puts on every pitch as, as a junk ball pitcher. When you're talking about... Uh, bullfrog, sunscreen, and then rosin, and then other things. Remember, he had Crisco, Bardol, Vagisil. <laughs> He's going through everything he uses on every part of his body when he goes and pitches. But I say that jokingly, but that that's a known thing. That's in a movie like that because guys have been have been doing that for sure. years. So does baseball really care? And I think the answer to that is, uh, Hutton, and maybe you brought it up, maybe Paul, but they want more offense. So they care when it's affecting the offense of the game.
2: Ingredients range from boiled down sodas to different resins, but, but The Athletic had a former major league pitcher throw with a substance called spider tack because it was the stickiest stuff he knew of. And he, this is a former major league pitcher. Yeah. Got his, uh, he added a whopping 500 rotations per minute to his fastball throwing with this spider tack
0: and that's what they're monitoring with the that's what they technology. need to get out
2: the spider tack
0: yeah and that's just is that just sitting out in the dugout somewhere
2: i i i think i mean it's the kind of thing they've got a picture of a guy's hand uh on a cinder block look guy's hand holding oh cinder it block is holding with it spider up tack.
0: it looks like an infomercial uh reed softball extraordinaire softball pro What's some of the uh, unwritten rules of softball Tricks that of you've trade. seen? Tricks yeah, of the if, trade. Foreign substances. Both at bat and uh, among the pitchers of your leagues. Vagicil. For those that don't know, Reed is an excellent <laughs> softball player. No vagicil
3: required. Uh, there are other substances required nowadays. <laughs> to, uh, it was kinda like the, it's kind of like the military up into the 90s. Don't ask, don't yeah, tell. Yeah. That's kind of what it was like. But uh, I, I use a stuff that's similar to the spider tack on batting gloves. I'll go through three or four pairs of batting gloves a season because I use that stuff to hold on to
1: the bat better. We don't see... Are there illegal bats in softball? Slipper softball? Oh, Wasn't yeah. that a thing? Like yeah. you had to have a regulated bat and you could have an illegal one? Yeah, well, I mean,
3: you couldn't have it, but you can have it. Yeah. I mean, they're basically... The only time they police for that are at big-time tournaments and they have they have devices that they will put the bat in to see how much give is in the bat to see if it's illegal or not. And sometimes I've even seen them. They'll take the the end cap off because you can shave down the inside of the bat, and it, um, you know, it's lighter to swing and get around on things faster. But yeah, there, it's it's rampant. Except for me, I've I've never cheated in softball in my entire yes. life, except for using that spider tack that yeah. you've already
0: admitted to, unfortunately.
3: <laughs> it's David Reed,
0: uh, who can crush the ball, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, David Reed puts him
1: in the seats, or as he was known, in softball in the, the lumberjack, bleachers. the lumberjack, David Reed.
2: Yeah. I'm tweeting out. There you these, go, Reed. these t- there t- you go, t- t- If you're an athletic, if you're an athletic uh, <laughs> subscriber, you should definitely read these. And these are the kind of stories you're getting. I don't know why this isn't a bigger story.
1: <laughs> I, there, I think, there's a, inside the uh, inside the. <laughs> this is house. Gallego, so look. If you're watching, this is a look at Gallegos of the Cardinals in the clubhouse before he takes them out.
2: I think I think that people. Uh, We talk about people getting kind of immune to stuff, right? So you've heard scandals and stuff, and you're kind of uh, tired of Mm it, right? And so you think, ah, we went through the steroid stuff, and I don't want to hear about the pitching stuff. I mean, if you're you're into baseball at all, and you're down on this lack of contact and the pitching dominance, here's the root cause. I mean, this report is outstanding, and the follow-up. This is a root cause. This is a f- easily fixable problem. Suspend people who are doing this. First off, they're going to be reluctant to do it again. And secondly, they're going to have to start throwing crappy pitchers while these guys are suspended. You know what's going to happen to those crappy pitchers? They're going to get hit. <laughs> so the pro- problem is going to be solved. We're going to start to see runs scored and base hits, and the average is going to go up from 238 to 258.
1: It's a cause, it's not the root cause. Well, it's the a big root cause are guys don't know how to hit anymore, which I've discussed. Well, part of the reason
2: they don't yes. know how to hit is because this pitching is so damn good. And the pitching is so damn uh, good I, because their spin rates are up I, to I, a ridiculous I, I, so degree.
0: Let me get your take on these, uh, because you guys know about the, the analytics and the launch angle and, and how guys are changing their swing. If the numbers were dropping this significantly due to that, because I, I even mentioned it as, a, as an example of why numbers are down, because guys are so in tune of hitting a certain way now uh, to, to up their odds. Wouldn't the, the coaching and the training behind the scenes level back out to where it was, where the numbers were good? To me, that's the analytics saying, keep doing what you're doing. That's not the root cause of this. As I think through reasons why
1: we're seeing batting averages plummet. At some point, though, the attempt to balance out. You know, there's too much good pitching and not enough offense. And then there's there's too much offense and not enough great pitching. Right. And scores get out of hand and, and length of game gets out of hand. You do have to level the playing field by level the playing field by not allowing foreign substances on the ball and being more diligent about it, by not allowing guys to doctor anything at the plate also. I mean, that's... That's got to be the leveling of the playing field. What I want to see as a baseball fan is more good hitting. I mean that that's to me is there's a few things, and you're right, Paul, you can correct this easily if you really wanted to police it. If you're Major League Baseball. That's one area that they could they could do something, and I hope they do. The other area is Major League Baseball position players and DHs need to go back to hitting school and learn how to make contact when there's two strikes at times, instead of flailing. Like Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton do a lot of times at balls that aren't close to the strike no. zone because they're just trying to hit a home run or go to the dugout at that point because good things can happen when you put the ball in play and not enough guys try to do that. Well, here's especially the thing, in a shift there. On that though, when you go the other way it's, with it, it's yeah. not
2: all on them because these franchises have decided analytically. Three true outcomes is the, is the way to go, and we want home runs, and they put their guys to school where, like you're talking about, launch angles and exit velocity are the way we're going to play. And so they want you uppercutting and they want you putting the ball in the air and getting as many home runs as you can. Now, the pitchers have counted with the spin rate and stuff. But if you're going to relearn how to hit, Chad, the way you're talking about, and go back to putting balls in play and hitting line drives and stuff, you've got to deprogram. What your franchise has been programming you for from minor leagues up now for several years and the organization has to decide that you can't decide that and that's a big unraveling of a big philosophical decision that spanned really every team really who's a small you, you talked about the pirates maybe being a small ball team and the pirates are probably a small ball team because they don't have the guys with the exit velocity and the launch angle capacity that most of the league has because of the financial investments. And so it's hard to undo something that's been ingrained for five, six years in response. The easier thing for an immediate fix is to get the sticky stuff out. But I agree with you. I'd like to see baseball go back to having you know, home runs as a bonus instead of the, the entree and what you seek all the time. I will say, though, like, I heard Yankees have grounded into something ridiculous, like 65 double plays, you know. And, and I actually heard some people on Twitter, saw some people on Twitter w- when they grounded into a double play that, that really killed the inning the other day, saying, there's the case against contact, you know. He, he made good contact there, and he, it resulted in two outs and killed the inning. You'd rather see a pop Which, analytically, <laughs> an, analytically, there's probably something valid to that. Which isn't good baseball, but it probably is good analytics.
1: Well, and it, Pirates are probably a bad example because they're bad. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're but not spending a lot of money. But that's a bad and,
2: team to go counter yeah, to the and So team. the
1: guy that comes to mind, Adam Frazier for the Pirates, their leadoff hitter. And I watched their four-game series of the Braves. I don't think the Braves ever got the guy out. That's what it felt like. And every single hit was like a slap bump the on way. way. Against the shift. Two strikes, he would hit a bloop right over the shortstop set. They could not get the guy out. And he was getting on base and stealing bases. They need more of that because when you shift, and you're seeing this in Major League Baseball so much, and you get two strikes, there's a half of the field you can hit the ball to to get on base. And instead, guys don't change their approach. They're still trying to hit a home run, and they're whiffing more times than not. Where if you just put it in play, if you're behind on a fastball or if the guy's out pitch is a slider, or or a curveball, you're going to hit it the opposite way just by getting the the bat out on the ball, and you're going to get on base. I, I want to see more of that, especially with two strikes. I understand swinging for the fences when you're a power hitter on the first couple of strikes, but when you get to two strikes, put the ball in play because the way teams are playing guys now, there's a good chance that you can be Adam Frazier and get on base a lot doing that.
2: The failure to adjust against the shift is baffling to me. You're on the one side defensively, Shifting, knowing that a guy's going to hit into that, yep. And while you're doing that, why wouldn't you be saying offensively? Well, the counter to what we're doing defensively is the open spot. Offensively is to bust our ass to hit against that until they move back. And it's done so little. I don't see the Yankees do it at all, Chad. You're talking about the Braves. You see the Orioles. I mean, first off, they shift against almost everybody to some degree which creates a space.
0: No need to shift against the Orioles, ball.
2: Not everybody's Rod Carew in terms of ball <laughs> placement, but if they're giving you a side of the field, certainly until you have two strikes, you should be able to, to do something to take advantage of that shift. Analytically, it's the smart thing to do. Why in an analytics game have we not seen the counter to the shift?
1: Maybe I'm alone here, but it's also frustrating to see a ball hit while watching a baseball game in a traditional sense on television from behind the pitcher and before they shift the camera to behind the catcher to show it you swear you it's a base hit yeah. no you know it's like it's, it's right just, up the middle i'm like all right that's oh and there's second the sh- base it's too. right into the shift the shortstop is behind second base and gets it for the easy out there was a play last night in the red sox braves game where it was an rbi like double I think, it looked like a soft line-out to where the shortstop should be. Mm-hmm. And it went to the left of the third baseman <laughs> because of the way the Braves were shifted on the play. And it went the other way, and it just softly went to the outfield. And it's frustrating to me that's watched baseball my entire life to think, well, that's a, that should be an out, or this is a base hit. And, but you're not knowing where the shift lies each time.
2: It, they could do better visually on that. I think some of it runs counter, too. They're pitching to the shift, right? So if it's shifted to the right... They're throwing stuff for a right-handed batter outside. Well, you need to pull that pitch now, which is unnatural and not fundamental. But somebody's going to have to learn to be unnatural and not fundamental and hit away from the shift, which is, are they training that? It doesn't seem like they're training that.
0: Sounds like an easy fix, but apparently it's not. For the, the attention to detail that these teams and, and organizations put in, To their individual players and their numbers
2: well this sticky stuff should be an easy fix I'm I'm anxious to see how long they gather this evidence and then if you build the case look they had evidence against the Astros they built the Mm. case and they botched it get this right I don't think you need to gather evidence as long as people are indicating you need to gather evidence but if you gather evidence all of this time and then you screw it up after you have this evidence I am going to be livid and baseball fans should be livid get it right Twitter feud
0: we are here for. Bryson DeChambeau against Brooks Kepka. Do we have the uh, the screenshot here, Jacob? Loving this. And, and this increased yesterday with the memes that Tom Brady was sending out.
2: These guys did a good job hyping their event yesterday.
0: Yes. But Brooks Kepka is apologizing to Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is paired with Bryson DeChambeau. In the upcoming event, is Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson will take them on in the match in, in July. And DeChambeau replies to Kepka and says, it's nice to be living rent-free in your head, which is a, a typical response yeah. um, that a lot of people would use. Uh, Standard. To, to, it's a fine response. To note that you understand that the other person is subtweeting you. Mickelson then chimes in, as Phil is perfect at on social media, and says I feel I feel like I'm in the middle of something and it, I should step aside, except that they want a current PGA champ uh, <laughs> discussing uh, Kepka there. So I I'm here for it. I love it. And the feud is real. It's not like Kepka had a bad day and shrugged his shoulders at DeChambeau and they've like made up. You know there would be some kind of uh, public statement or something in the PR world. These guys hate each other, and they're not going against that stance anytime soon. And we will see one of these majors or the next golf tournament pair them up. They'll be paired up together.
2: How much will we hear from Deschambeau if Kepka struggles in the match? Will Deschambeau live tweet? I'm sorry. Will Kepka live tweet the match? Probably not. If Deschambeau is bad, the other way around, I think he definitely would. Deschambeau would be live tweeting Kepka. Uh, if Kefka I don't know. Kepka did
0: toy. did send out the the steroid thing um, a, a couple back during what 12, 15 months ago.
2: I think was, they, was it
1: him or was it uh, that was Kepka that sent the Kenny Powers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sent it to the shameless. These guys did as said I said
2: it. an excellent job yesterday. This is only one exchange of all of the stuff Brady at the center of it. Yeah. hyping the event hyping the match so i think Meanwhile, people are putting it on their calendars and they're super aware of it and that's perfect <laughs> tiger wouldn't participate in a whole lot of this no. i mean he'd hype it in his own way but not this pointed stuff that is giving and
0: we, it juice props we, by the way we saw tiger uh, released a photo and he's standing there on crutches with his dog which and he talks cool to golf Digest. Um, i think. odds that aaron Rodgers has even seen this in
1: hawaii i'd say pretty low based on the <laughs> photos coming out of hawaii though didn't he well, he's too busy on his cleanse that he talked about with Kenny <laughs> Mayne. Some, some sort of cleanse I've never heard of that he's lost 15 pounds on. Hutton, I am surprised. You, at times, looking deeper into things, and you come up with a conspiracy theory in sports where others don't, yeah. that you didn't immediately think uh, that the whole reaction shot from Kepka was a part of the play to start hyping this match before it was announced. Kepka's not involved in this. But that it was it was to get the thing going for the match that in some way he's a part of it. Kepka's not involved in the match.
0: Yeah yet. Oh, No Rogers.
2: I, Rogers tweeted twice. Rogers tweeted a uh, a gif, a gif of uh, will Farrell. boy, that escalated quickly. Oh, Anchorman. He in response to Kepka saying, sorry, bro. And then he tweeted this big video that had all their faces okay. on all the Star Wars so we have seen I, just, him. I love it, from like, it's, yeah. he said it's, it it's great
1: that we have Twitter updates now when these guys respond to each other. It's amazing. Keep it up. And what I like about this feud is we don't like fake and phony on this show. No. Uh, this is not just a Twitter feud that they hate each other. <laughs> they, they legitimately I, mean, I talked about it, it was a very natural response from Kepka that any of us could yeah. identify with. way he responds. I think Rogers and Brady are
2: just like enjoying it. Like, hey, we're part of this side show. It's hyping up our event. It's great. And while I think they... Here's another reason
0: why I appreciate it. While I think that they do try to avoid each other, they're not afraid of confrontation in person. It's like a reporter, like Paul. Let's use Paul as the example. Paul, who goes to the Titans locker room on the Titans beat, uh, but would come back to our show in Nashville and talk about Darren Bates. And the very next day he's going into the titans locker room both literally and figuratively to face the music from Darren Bates <laughs> well there, played. so if you're if you're going to subtweet if you're going to accuse someone or even if it's just poking the bear with the steroids for why you were able to launch the golf ball 30 yards further than what you were pre-pandemic I I appreciate and respect the fact that both dudes will do it in public. Show up. And then they'll show up, and DeChambeau will walk behind him while he's recording an interview, doing that on purpose to elicit a reaction. Like, these guys will get within five feet of one another. Uh, Meanwhile, was it what was the – you have to help me here. It was the NBA. Was it Kobe and Shaq when they first played that they wouldn't speak, and we all watched the handshake at center court, but then after that they wouldn't speak? Yeah. Yeah. after that feud ended, I'm, I'm sure there have been other examples and better examples, but there is like some some aspect of it where they're they're actively going to avoid each other. These guys are actively seeking each other out when they see someone across. He's like, "Hey, hold my bag. I've got to walk through the got to walk behind the camera here." Yeah, on, or in, or I in front need of to... the camera instead of behind the camera because Brooks kept doing the interview. Right. If that were anyone else, if if, if that were Jordan Spieth. Deshambo would have walked behind the camera. Right? Yes. But because it's Kepka, he
1: walks behind Kepka. I I respect that. If you want to confront a post-Tiger World in golf and how it's going to improve and everyone's going to be in, this is it. Yep. Having feuds like this with guys who are also very good players, I think really helps the sport because they're going to have to come face to face with life without Tiger, which has happened before and ratings go down when Tiger's not a part of it. This is a way to keep the interest in golf up with these guys feuding.
0: Coming up, we get into some other headlines, including a career that ended after a career that started on the same day as PK. Well, (laughs) we'll explain that straight ahead on Outkick 360. First, though, let's make some money together with renter's warehouse, Chad Withrow.
1: Yes. easy way for them to help you and and to make money. If you own rental property already, you're having a hard time finding renters. Well, they've got the upfront rent program with renters warehouse. The website is rwnashville.com. Phone number is 615-398-9550. By giving you your money upfront, Renter's Warehouse helps minimize risk and provides financial flexibility so you can build long-term wealth. Renter's Warehouse, they've got the upfront rent program available for a limited time, so give them a call to find out how they can help you, how they can get you your rent upfront for a year. 615-398-9550 or visit rwnashville.com. Do it the Renter's Warehouse way and get tomorrow's rent today. Adam Vinatieri's career ends After it started
0: in 96, Paul has a tie-in story. Straight ahead on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. FanDuel.com. They flat out get it done. Fandle.com slash OK360. You can bet $10 on the Clippers and Mavs matchup. You get $100 in site credit even if you lose. You can bet $1 on the Bucks and Heat matchup and get $100 in site credit. Even if you lose your bet, win or lose, you're getting $100 in site credit for a dollar or $10 bet, as you see on your screen right there, for the Bucks and Heat, Clippers and Mavs. Both of these offers you must be first time users with your first bet being on one of these two games for that amount. It's available in all legal states except Illinois. This is free money for you for new users fanduel.com/ok360. We have the 360 parlay coming up and at the end of the show around uh, about an hour from now PK will let us know It goes to Paul. Paul has the baton. I feel pretty good for tonight's 360 parlay so uh, we we are in desperate need of a win. Let's put it that way. We 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 need to get back in the win column at Fanduel, uh, and you can join us as well. If Paul feels good about this bet, we all do. We are all in tonight. Paul's going to make it happen every tonight. time.
1: So we are one when it comes to this point. We are.
2: This is a unification f- project.
0: The odds on Adam Vinatieri being a, being a uh, pro football hall of famer are uh, extremely in the house's favor. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, the greatest kicker of all time. Uh, now officially announces his retirement. And uh, if we go back to September 1st, 1996, you can see the storylines that were going on. And the players who were not even in the league yet, for instance, Tom Brady, was still playing at Michigan at the time of Adam Vinatieri's first game. The Dallas Cowboys were the Super Bowl champions. Brett Favre had just won his first MVP award. And the Ravens just started their first season in Baltimore, and I, Vinatieri's career just ended.
2: I had just moved to Houston, Texas, to cover the last year of the Oilers for the Tennessean, which, Chad, was a little bit better then than oh, yeah. it is now. Um, yeah, that was with a big, the big part of the
1: downfall. With was the, the assignment Paul the of,
2: of covering the Houston Oilers for the final season there for... A market that was about to become fans of this team and covering the legal wrangling of the team coming coming out. Um, they did not play uh, the Patriots for two more years. In 1998, September 20th, 1998, they played at New England, and with five seconds left in the first half, Vinatieri hit a 41-yard field goal to make it 6-6 after a first-half battle with Al Del Greco. Uh, Patriots went on to win that game by a reasonable margin. 27 um, 16 against the Tennessee Oilers. Um, but that was the first Vinatieri uh, against the Oilers. This was 1996. This was 1998. They didn't okay. play him until 1998. Um, guy was a tremendous kicker, obviously. Uh, Belichick, I love when Belichick uh, gives a swan song of praise. Yeah. You know, talked about he him as great. a singular guy at his position hitting uh, so many big kicks and probably the biggest kick, he didn't say probably, he said the biggest kick in history, that kick in the snow um, that that propelled the Patriots towards their first championship in the beginning of the dynasty. You mentioned the Hall of Fame. I think the question automatically becomes, does he get in in his first year? And um, I, I know that people put more and more... Pressure and importance on this first ballot Hall of Fame candidacy. And, I, 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 you know, look, there's a five-year waiting period for a reason, for these things to kind of have some time to settle and sort themselves out and stuff. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Does he have to get in in his first year? Look, he's a very influential player. But there will be a lot of guys he's up against who played a lot more football than he did, a lot more snaps. And so to me, it'll be a matter of sifting that out. Were there guys who played a lot more snaps who were also very impactful football players? He's in. It's a matter of is he, is he in, you know, in. A, yeah, in we, the first year or does know. it take him a, a couple of years? But in my lifetime, in terms of impactful specialists, he's number one.
1: Fall of 1996, yep. Paul, you were starting your
2: career or in year two of your career? Year two. I covered the Raiders in 95. I was starting was my, my, my year freshman year work. of high
1: school. When Adam Vinatieri. That, that's crazy to think about. When he was starting his career, I was starting high school.
0: I was. Used in been collecting NBA pencils that I still have right here.
1: In 19- is that a Knicks fall. pencil? Yeah. He got that Knicks pencil. Let's see
2: that Knicks though. Yeah. I think the
1: week of Vinatieri's first game, Hutton actually acquired <laughs> that Knicks pencil that he's still writing with today.
2: He's got some teeth marks on there. It, it, he was nervous it, about the Knicks last night. He I couldn't know. have been less interested in Knicks last night. I was trying to to, to get us up about the bet because the Braves were still in a little bit of uh, question mark. Well, you, and he said, I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I stopped watching because, Chad,
0: this ruin just crushed my hopes and dreams. Oh, I felt Braves? like I was in the movie Rounders. Yeah, he said, it's going to be rain out. He was out. like, hey, this is going to be a rain out, and it's then- officially a ball game if they call well, this I, game. I sent you
1: Dave O'Brien I who know. covers the Braves for the Athletic. His and, tweet and, about As it. soon as I saw that and I yeah, saw the Braves I, score, I was done. like, no need watching the Knicks.
2: Screw game. <laughs> Screw ball. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I was keeping was, an eye on it, though. Uh, that was, and I knew it was going to be my team to let us down in the parlay the whole time. I just knew it would be the Braves that would let us down. Well, I mean, they, they were leading And then all of a sudden 4-3, uh, I turned on the TV And it was a three-run sixth For the Red Sox
2: In less than an hour You will hear tonight's winning can wait Out of these lips Right here, see these? These
0: The longevity of Vinatieri Just to put a bow on Our discussion about him Hit that ESPN tweet If you will, uh, Jacob um, Of all the players On a Week 17 roster Last season Here's the stat 482 of them were born Born After Adam Vinatieri's NFL debut, look, I've got. I mean, with the precision and the requirements and the pressure that comes with his job,
2: uh, twenty-eight percent of the league was born after his debut. I completely contradict myself here. I know with two two different stances that I have, and I am big on a guy can retire when he wants to retire. And I, I don't feel that I have any right to say a guy's done and he should hang it up on my terms based on his performance, right? Especially for an athlete who's, you know, uh, how old is he? 46, 40, whatever. Like he's he's got a long life ahead of him. And this is what his life has been about. I have... 48. I sensibly have no objection to trying to hold on to it as long as you can. All right? That is my camp, and I understand the logic of that, and I try to abide by that logic. At the same time, I look at Adam Vinatieri and I say, you embarrassed yourself by holding on as long as you did. That last season with Indianapolis was pitiful. You cost the team, uh, and they didn't make the playoffs that year, I don't think. He didn't play last year and the year before. He killed them. Killed them. I mean, he was missing on a regular basis, and we were watching him and saying, "My God, here's a Hall of Fame guy who's the greatest of all time." And he, he was missing and he's extra missing. He's missing. He's missing one out of four kicks, and he can't hit extra point. Now, I think we'd probably be talking about that a little bit more if it was last year instead of him being out last year. There's been some time now for us to forget that. I haven't heard many people talk about it. His last year was about as bad a last year for a Hall of Fame guy. As you can see, and I've I, I know I'm contradicting myself. I say retire on your own terms, and then I say, boy, your last year it, it leaves a, a bad finishing taste in in my mouth about your career. I understand I'm contradicting myself. I have trouble making those two things go together.
0: Well in the moment I realize where you're coming from because yeah. you're watching it
1: thinking this is a year too long. Why does it have to be this as the last And thing I think if he it. got
2: a if he got a job now he would have taken it. I mean, he he was saying that earlier this week before he was on McAfee yesterday saying the paperwork's been filed.
0: Coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour, Preds Game 6. They face elimination tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Our thoughts on the matchup and what this could mean for a young career. Details next on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.